From Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 38, Jesus said, But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your, go your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is unkind or is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. You may be seated. <clears throat> As Jesus continues in his Sermon on the Plain in our reading from Luke, he says to his disciples and to the crowd that has gathered around him, I say to you that listen, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Usually in church we're asking, who's our neighbor? But today it's, who's our enemy? I don't, I don't know about you, but I rarely describe someone as my enemy. Unless maybe I'm on the freeway and someone just cut me off, but that's, that's different. They're only my enemy for that millisecond while I like, rage. <clears throat> Jesus lays out pretty simply the behavior that someone's enemy might have. Enemies are the ones who hate you, who curse you, who abuse you, who strike you, who take from you. And so Jesus says to those that listen, the response for someone who acts like your enemy is to, good, to do good towards them, to bless them, to pray for them, not to return violence with violence, and to act towards them with generosity. And before I go on, I know that this text has been used to tell victims of domestic violence, of abuse, of sexual harassment and assault, to just turn the other cheek and ignore it. And I'm going to say right now that that is a harmful and I think incorrect interpretation of this text. If you are experiencing abuse or violence, Jesus doesn't say to be silent. Jesus doesn't say to be silent. He simply says to pray for them and not to retaliate with violence. So if you are experiencing abuse or violence in your life today, know that our church, that I am a safe place for you to come if you need help. Amen. And I have to, every time this text comes up, I have to say those words because so many people have been harmed by it. And that being said, in the face of someone who acts like an enemy, when someone hates you, curses you, abuses you, strikes you, or steals from you, responding with kindness 
with love, with generosity or blessing feels impossible, right? I mean, apart from, like, Jesus, who is God with us, who can manage that kind of open heart with such harm being thrown at it? I kept trying to think of real-life examples of this kind of openness and vulnerability that Jesus describes. <clears throat> I start my sermon prep Sunday after church. Usually I go home and I read the text for the next week and I start doing all of that. And I kept thinking, who is like this? Who does this really? Like, I try, but I know I fail. And so on Monday, Hadley, my two -year, almost two-year-old daughter who's homesick with her dad today, came home from daycare with a note. It was an ouchie report. The report read, Hadley and a friend were fighting over a toy and the friend bit her arm. <laughs> I asked Hadley about it and she pointed to her arm. Actually, she pointed like, so the bite was up here, but she pointed down here as to where the bite happened. And she said she was okay. I asked if she was upset, and she said no. And this isn't the first time she's come home with an ouchie report, and not the first time with an ouchie report for a bite. And so I know the procedure that daycare does for something like this. The teacher jumps into the situation and diffuses it, usually by separating the two toddlers from each other. They figure out what happened, in this case, a disagreement over who would play with a particular toy. And then the kids have to say sorry to each other. And Hadley's class has kids from 12 months to 36 months, so 12 or so a year to three years. Not all the kids can say the word sorry. So the way that they say sorry to each other is that they hug. In our first reading from Genesis today, there's a similar pattern of reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers. Joseph's brothers were jealous and fearful of Joseph's gifts, and so after a failed murder attempt, Joseph has been sold into slavery, but God was there with Joseph through all of it, and God used their enemy treatment of Joseph for something good. And so first, there's a lot of separation between them. Even after Joseph's been separated from his family for years, when they do arrive looking for help from the famine, Joseph sends them away at first. Then when they return, there's a truth-telling that happens, a reasoning, trying to figure out what's going on. Joseph names that they harmed him. They, he names the harm that they've done. And he also names that God used their evil intentions to work good, and that God was there through all of it. And then there's a reconciliation, and it's emotional and physical. Joseph kisses his brothers and weeps upon them. Like the three steps that had these teachers help her and her friend to go through, the stages of Joseph's story are about love and generosity and reconciliation. And from what I know from Hadley and from the little ones I have been blessed to know in my life, after that hug, because they're toddlers, they don't care anymore about who bit who or who was playing with what toy. They just run back to whatever they're doing and start fresh together. They don't respond by biting back or by trying to take another toy, not automatically anyway. Sometimes a couple years later they start to do that. Little kids have these big open hearts. They do often need prompting. Sometimes you have to invite them to share, to play, to hug, but they do. And they can just cry without worrying that someone else is judging them or going to use that against them. And as we start to grow up, as we learn in this world that a hug doesn't always solve the problem when people treat you like an enemy, 
As we keep getting older, many of us lose that childlike open heart. We continue to find ourselves being hurt by surprise enemies, and we learn. We learn to hate back when that same hostility keeps coming towards us. We learn to curse those who curse us with words that represent our anger and our hurt. We learn to be a bit more ruthless, a bit more focused on ourselves, and sometimes our selfishness can harm others. We learn to strike back, or like Han Solo strikes first against an attacker. We learn to protect what we have physically and emotionally. We tend not to go through the separation, the truth-telling, the reconciliation process with those who treat us like enemies. We've learned to stop at separation, sometimes using those tools of backlash to separate ourselves further, to protect ourselves further. In all that learning, in that education this broken world has given us, all that backlash and protection we wrap ourselves in, it definitely helps us to be hurt less by those who treat us as enemies. But in being hurt less, it also means we give less. We love a little less. We trust less. The world, the kingdom that Jesus brings, is very different from this world. The lessons that Jesus wants us to learn are not about less. They're about more. Jesus wants us to give more, wants us to love more, to trust more, and Jesus invites us into this kingdom of generosity and blessing and faith. Jesus invites us to shed the parts of ourselves that are prone to hostility and anger, the parts of ourselves that are suspicious and selfish. Jesus wants us to be children of the Most High, <clears throat> children of love and blessing, children of forgiveness and generosity, children of trust and faith, children of God. And that sounds all well and good. Maybe even as Jesus says, love your enemy, we think about it in the abstract, and it might even sound easy. You can love someone and not like them, right? But truthfully, when we experience harm and want to protect ourselves from more harm, loving your enemy in the way Jesus describes is terrifying. For those who are hated because of who they are based on their race, gender, sexuality, or their faith, what good can you do for someone who hates you? How do you bless someone who curses you and defames you? If you have escaped abuse, how can you convince yourself that your abuser is someone worthy of your thoughts, let alone your prayers? For someone who has experienced violence or theft done against them, how do you respond in peace and generosity? I mean, there's a reason we tend to leave the loving of our neighbors to the abstract. There's a reason we don't often live up to this, why reconciliation seems impossible. We're not toddlers fighting over a toy who can hug it out afterwards. I hope we're not toddlers, anyway. Many of us have been hurt. The truth of this broken world is that many of us have had to learn how to survive in spite of those who treat us like enemies, and so we fight back or strike first. We judge others before they can judge us. We condemn behaviors that we know might make someone untrustworthy, and we struggle to forgive. And if anyone knows how it feels to be hated, to be cursed, to be abused, to be stricken, to lose everything in this world, if anyone knows what it feels like to be treated like an enemy, it's Jesus. In his arrest, in his trial, in his death on the cross, Jesus experiences all that enemy treatment in a matter of days. 
And Jesus learns, like many of us do, what this world can, can do to a person. But Jesus' lesson is different than the lessons we've learned. Even on the cross, later in Luke, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. Even when we would expect Jesus to wash his hands of this world, of those ungrateful and wicked people who treat him like an enemy, Jesus' heart is still wide open. God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked, and so God gave us Jesus to show us a new way to learn, a new way to live, to bring us a new kingdom. Jesus rises from the dead, conquers sin and death and all the brokenness this world can muster. Jesus rises from the dead to bring us love even when we can't recognize it, to bring us good even when we struggle to open our hearts. Jesus does all of this to bring us blessing and faith and peace in a world of curse and abuse and violence so that we can learn something new, so that we can learn that we are children of the Most High, children of God, receiving more mercy and more love and more grace even when we struggle to open our hearts. Jesus brings us a new kingdom, a new lesson of love and forgiveness, that it's not about less. It's not about trusting less or loving less. It's about more. It's about opening our hearts instead of closing ourselves off. Instead of being changed by the brokenness and harm of this world, our hearts can be reopened so that we can give more freely to be a blessing for others, so that we can love more openly as God has loved us, so that we can trust more faithfully that God is here through this, whatever this world might throw at us, so that we cannot be changed by this world, but that we can be the ones helping God to change it. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.